Welcome to Mexico Unexplained, where we will explore the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. This series presents information based partly on theory and conjecture. The podcaster's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the subjects we will examine. Here is your host, Robert Bitto. Welcome, and muy bienvenidos to episode number 215 of Mexico Unexplained, where we examine the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. I'm your host, Robert Bitto. The Aztec Empire dominated most of central Mexico when the Spanish arrived in the early part of the 16th century. This was about three centuries after the Aztecs established themselves in the Valley of Mexico as a sedentary people, arriving along with other waves of Nahua-speaking peoples from somewhere in the north. When the Aztecs began conquering neighboring peoples and trading with other cultures even farther afield, They incorporated many elements of various cultures into their own, the ancient Mesoamerican calendar system, and certain aspects of religion were folded into Aztec civilization over time. Later Aztec emperors began standardizing religious beliefs and practices with the goal of having a state religion. While conquered peoples were allowed to maintain their local gods and religious freedom was granted to subjugated people throughout the empire, the Aztecs did have standard gods worshipped throughout their territories, and some of those gods were intricately connected to the calendar system and to time itself. Like the ancient Maya and other civilizations throughout pre-Hispanic Mexico, the Aztecs had nine lords of the night, called the Ualte Uctin. Each of the nine lords of the night were assigned to a day on the 260-day Aztec calendar. Those nine days linked to each lord would repeat, much like the seven named days in our week. Anthropologists and Aztec historians originally thought that the nine lords corresponded to the nine levels of the underworld, and each lord became the primary ruler of the underworld during each of the nine hours of the nighttime. This theory has pretty much been discarded by modern scholars, although some still believe that the lords filled this function in addition to being represented on the calendar. Some scholars have also noticed that the nine-day cycle occurs 29 times during the 260-day calendar. 29 is also the number of days of a cycle of the moon that occurs nine times on that same calendar. The math aside, each lord of the night had certain characteristics and was associated with various omens or a certain fortune. Thus, the lords played an important role in the everyday lives of the Aztecs who were born and celebrated other life events on days with specific meanings. The Maya had a similar system So this practice of assigning certain gods or goddesses to certain days was most likely common throughout ancient Mexico. For the Aztecs, the first lord of the night was the god Xiutecutli. Many researchers believe that this god is one of the oldest gods of the Aztecs and had been worshipped in the Valley of Mexico long before the nomadic Aztecs settled down there, possibly back to Toltec times. He was said to have lived in the center of the earth in a palace made of turquoise, which symbolized fire to the priestly and noble classes of ancient Mexico. As a bringer of hope 
Chutecutli represented food during famine, light in the darkness, and life after death. As he played many roles, Chiutecutli was the god of volcanoes, and as the first lord of the night, he was also the god of time itself. As the god of fire, altars in Aztec homes dedicated to Chiutecutli always had a small flame burning on them. As the oldest of the gods, Chiutecutli was the patron or personal protector god of the Aztec emperor. He was also the patron of the long-distance traveling merchant class called the Pochteca. For more information about the Pochteca, please see Mexico Unexplained episode number 102. The god occupying the second night in the Aztec calendar was Tezcatlipoca, the great smoking mirror. The mirror reference comes from the fact that this god was connected to obsidian, the volcanic glass that was often polished into mirrors by many ancient Mexican cultures. He was also an old god, and his yellow face with a black band around it can be found in art as far back as the Olmecs. Tezcatlipoca had many duties and took on many different aspects. While he was the god of hurricanes, the night sky, night winds, and the north, he was also associated with bad feelings, beauty, jaguar, sorcery, temptation, and the earth. In one version of the creation story of the Nahua peoples of central Mexico, Tezcatlipoca teamed up with the grand Mesoamerican god Quetzalcoatl to create the earth. During this time of creation, he lost a foot in a battle with the earth monster, so Tezcatlipoca is often shown in art with a bone, a mirror, or a snake where his foot should be. In some stories, he is the great enemy of Quetzalcoatl. When an emperor was crowned, the priests of Tezcatlipoca would paint the new ruler black to emulate the god and to ensure a long reign. The third lord of the night is Pitzintecutli. In Nahuatl, the language of the Aztecs, his name means the young prince. He is son of the night goddess Oshomoko and the god of astrology and calendars, Sipak Tonal. As the young prince, he is connected to the rising sun and the planet Mercury, and he is also the protector of children. An aspect of Pitzintecutli was known as Seven Flower, and was the god of medicinal and hallucinatory plants, such as peyote and certain mushrooms. Pilzintikutli is also associated with visions and spiritual healing. Together with an earth goddess named Tlazolteotl, Pilzintikutli had a son called Senteotl. Senteotl was the fourth lord of the night. In some accounts, Senteotl is the son of Xochiquetzal, the Aztec goddess of beauty and love. His name roughly translates to dried maize still on the cob. He was the god of maize, the most important staple food in ancient Mesoamerica. Senteotl is often depicted with maize on his headdress and a black line going down his face. The same imagery is also found on the later versions of the Maya maize god, which may indicate some connection or borrowing of religious icons. In one Aztec legend, Senteotl was sacrificed in order to bring plants to the world. He is seen as the primary god of food and sustenance. 
Those born on this day on the Aztec calendar are said to be guaranteed good health and an abundance of food. Throughout the Aztec world, Centeotl was celebrated to a great degree because of his association with maize and was considered one of the most important of the ancient gods. Occupying the fifth spot on the Aztec calendar was Mictlantecutli, the lord of the underworld and the god of death. He is depicted as a tall man or skeleton with the face of a skull. He wore a necklace of human eyeballs and uses human bones for ear spools. Mictlantecutli has counterparts in cultures throughout ancient Mexico and existed in civilizations which predated the Aztecs. To the Zapotecs he was called Kedo. The ancient Maya called him Yumsimil or Apuch. The Tarascans called him Tiwume. Art and iconography of the earlier Olmec culture suggest that they too had a death god similar to Mictlantecutli, but they did not have a formal writing system and hence his name is not known. By the time of the consolidation of power of the Aztecs, Mictlantecutli's worship had been standardized throughout the empire and he became one of the most powerful and influential gods at the time of the Spanish conquest. Mictlantecutli is associated with spiders, owls, bats, and the north. For more information about this powerful death god, please see Mexico Unexplained episode number 170. The sixth lord of the night was a lady, the goddess Chalchihuitlique. Her name translates from Nahuatl as she of the jade skirt. In some parts of the Aztec Empire, she was known as Chalchihuitlatonac, she who shines like jade, and Matlalcueye, owner of the blue skirt. In some stories, she's the sister of Tlaloc, the Aztec rain god. In other stories, she is his wife. Chalchihuitlique protected growing crops and was also the protector of women and small children. In the Aztec creation story, Chalchihuitlique presided over the fourth sun, or the fourth creation of the world. The fourth creation of the world was destroyed when Chalchihuitlique caused it to rain for 52 years, drowning everything in retaliation against Tlaloc for his mistreatment of her. She thus became the goddess of drowning victims. While serving that role, she was also the goddess of groundwater, birth, and beautiful youth. Chalchihuitlique is also said to have once ate the sun and the moon, and later became the mother of Tequistecatl, a deity corresponding closely to what we would call the man in the moon. The seventh lord of the night was also female, the goddess Tlazoteotl. Researchers believe that this goddess was originally Huastec, and when the Aztecs conquered the Gulf Coast, they brought Tlazoteotl back to Tenochtitlan, and she then became part of the Aztec pantheon. She was also known as Ishquina, which was a corruption of her Huastec name, Ishquinim. Tlazoteotl was the goddess of lust and all of the vices. Through one of her earthly priests, she could listen to your transgressions, forgive your sins, and suggest a penance, much like a priest in the Catholic Church. The forgiveness of sins often included the ritual practice of eating small amounts of dirt or purification through a steam bath. 
Tlazoteot was the patron goddess of adulterers and was also thought to cause a variety of diseases. The eighth lord of the night is the Aztec god Tepeyolotl. In Aztec, the god's name combines the words Tepetl, mountain, and Yolotl, which means heart or center. His name loosely translates to heart of the mountains. As a nature god, he was the patron of jaguars, deer, and mountains. He is also the god of earthquakes and echoes. Tepeyolotl is depicted in many illustrations as a jaguar leaping towards the sun. The spots on his coat represent the stars in the sky, and in certain illustrations, constellations are recognizable. If Tepeyolotl is represented in human form, he is often shown as cross-eyed and carrying a long staff. He is either a friend or brother of the second lord of the night, Tezcatlipoca. Tezcatlipoca would often wear Tepeyolotl as an animal skin to trick humans and other gods so that they did not know who he really was. Tepeyolotl is considered a minor god and one of the newer gods in the Aztec cosmology. The ninth and final lord of the night was the great god Tlaloc, well known as the Aztec god of rain. Tlaloc had a long history among the Aztecs, and was more than just responsible for storms. For a lengthy exploration of this god, please see Mexico Unexplained episode number 152. To make a long story short, Tlaloc was around in central Mexico thousands of years before the Aztecs arrived. When the Aztecs got to the Valley of Mexico, they adopted this powerful local god. Early Spanish chroniclers noticed the Aztecs' mix of reverence and fear of the great god Tlaloc. While the god could bless crops with rain and smile down on the people and give them an abundant harvest, Tlaloc could also be very temperamental. He had the power to withhold rain and thus cause drought and famine. He could also punish humans through floods, hailstorms, and hurricanes. If a specific person angered him, Tlaloc could aim with precision and strike him down with a lightning bolt. Tlaloc was the lord of the third sun, or the third incarnation of our physical universe. As with the other gods, Tlaloc served other purposes. He was the god of water and of water-dwelling creatures. He was also the god of earthly fertility. The ninth day was considered important because the calendar cycle would repeat again, so the ninth night inhabited by Tlaloc was especially significant. After Tlaloc, the week would start anew, and the Aztec people were given nine more days to get it all right again. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained. Remember to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Twitter. Tell your friends by sharing these shows with others. Please go to our website, MexicoUnexplained.com, for references, illustrations, and for free access to transcripts of past shows. Please visit Amazon.com to purchase the books Mexico Unexplained and Mexican Monsters to get hard copies of the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. We appreciate your kind attention once again. Until next time, thank you and gracias. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained with host Robert Bitto. For show summary, relevant links and commentary, please check out our website at mexicounexplained.com. Like us on Facebook and be a part of the conversation. Adios and hasta la vista.